0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today my guest is Dawn Kraus. Dawn is the partner and principal owner of Krauss Bosler Network, which brings in-depth knowledge to each real estate transaction via their thorough knowledge of the market activity and a strong desire to help you achieve. Your real estate goals, hi, Don. Hello,
1: Mish. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Well, I am too, and I love when I ask people, do you know anybody that's like really, really kind, just like so kind and Josh Levy's like, yeah, Dawn Cross, give her, and I'm like, okay, so Thank you, kind Don Kraus, for being here. My pleasure. Looking forward to our visit. So you've been in real estate for quite a while, I know, but you know, real estate has been kind of crazy lately. It has. What What is going on with this? You're knowledgeable
1: about market activity. What is happening? So I've been in real estate for 20 years and been through a couple of shifts, and um, it definitely has been a ride, especially over the last, if you will, over the last two decades. But this has been a unique ride because we there was already um, some changes that were were imminent to happen, and then when the pandemic happened, we didn't know what that was going to look like, and I think a lot of people paused for a short time and said, "What do we do?" Is the you know all kinds of concern about never having the national pandemic that many of us remember. And quickly realized that people buy and sell real estate because of life events. And life events still happened. Mm-hmm. People got divorced and needed to downsize. People still got married and needed to go bigger. People who were at home said, oh my gosh, with all these people in my house, I need more space. I need to get something bigger. Hey, I don't have to live in the city anymore because everything's virtual. I can move out to land. I mean, there's just so many dynamics that continue to happen that the market has been strong. Um, Interest rates have been incredibly low and supportive. So while prices of homes that people are purchasing have gone up, the interest rates have stayed low. So affordability is still strong. So it definitely has been a journey over the last almost two years now that we've been in the pandemic. And, you know, it's anticipated that rates are going to still stay low next year. And um, we're, we're excited about still having a strong market ahead.
0: Well, and, and so I've heard it called the great reshuffling because people are realizing that, you know, oh, I, I can live wherever I want because I'm doing everything through Zoom as you and I are right now. Um, and I mean, have you worked with a lot of people that are like, I want to move to, I mean, I moved during the pandemic. It wasn't, I had been planning to move. So maybe it was a little bit different, but I was like questioning myself, like, should I be moving right now? It felt weird, like, Cause you didn't know what was okay and not okay to do, you know, but, um, but do you, are you experiencing a lot of people that are like, I've always wanted to live in this
1: area of the world? Absolutely. People from all over the place going, you know what? I've always thought about, and now might be the time to take advantage of that. Um, We have, we've had quite an, an exodus from some big cities, maybe that, um, People have been thinking about leaving for maybe tax reasons or things getting a little crazy. And now they realize I can do my world virtually. So now's the time to get out of here. Um, you know, our our hub business is in St. Louis, Missouri. And we have teams and Keller Williams offices and other markets as well. Um, but here in in Flyover Land in St. Louis, Missouri, um, it's it's been it's been a very healthy market. There hasn't been the mass exodus. There has been some reshuffling, like you said. a great great analogy. Some reshuffling of what people previously felt was a necessity now maybe became an amenity or something that was a dream they felt could become reality. So I think it's been an opportunity. And I think what I just said right there, it's been an opportunity for those who have chosen to look at it that way. And we're not going to get into any political beliefs or whatever around vaccines and the pandemic and the etiology of and all that sort of thing. At the end of the day, everyone is entitled to their own beliefs and they can see this as a time of fear, scarcity, et cetera, or they can see this as a time of opportunity. And I really believe that that happens in any market because here's, this is uh, Gary Keller, who's the founder of KW says, you know, when when it's a good market, right? A good market. Do we as agents have databases? Yes. When it's a bad market, do we have databases? Yes. The only thing that changes is the message because people exactly. are still people are still going to move. They're still going to buy and sell. Relocation's still going to happen. All that stuff. You, you, we just have to tell the current story of what the market is doing because what the consumer wants is an advocate, a fiduciary, and a consultant. And so we have to make sure that we are educated in telling them the correct story of what's going on in the market.
0: And, you know, I, I mean, I'm positive as you being the kind person you are, how does that kindness extend to the people you work with?
1: Well, so real estate overall, it's a very emotional process. You know, people are inviting you into their world, into their personal life, into their families. They're moving for a whole plethora of different reasons. And so, you know, I think I may have shared this with you when we first spoke, you know, my my background is in psychology and I have a master's degree in, in professional counseling. And I had just finished my master's. Well, not just, but within a year to finish my master's when I found out um, I was pregnant with the twins and had a 14-month-old and decided to change careers, all that kind of stuff. So I'm still paying student loans on my master's and then went, oh my gosh, I'm getting into real estate. All I need is a license. Why did I go pay? Oh my gracious. Understanding people and how to connect with them and how to communicate with them in a way where they where they feel understood, et cetera, is such a key part of this because the experience and the journey that they're going on can oftentimes be so emotional. And then on the other side of for some, there's no emotion at all and it's just very business. So understanding how to communicate with people in the way in which they want to be communicated is pivotal.
0: It is emotional, though. I mean, for me, I'm totally, I'm like, I'm like card carrying, totally emotional person, <laughs> but, uh, but, but it, to me, it's like there's so I mean, I what's so important about the realtor is making you feel safe because you're signing a million pieces of paper and you're just hoping that none of it is giving away children or, you know, making promises you don't want to make. and then and then it's just that whole thing of, you know, going through the appraisal and the inspections and the, and the, and the, you know, and, you know, and then you feel like, I I, I had a house only a few years old that I was selling on my last one and I felt bad. They're like, oh, the hot water heater. I'm like, well, what's,
1: what? It's
0: not that old. How is that a problem, you know? But then things change, laws change, or, you know, keeping up with all of it, it is, I can't imagine how Fill full your brain is with information. Around all of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a great point, Mish, in, in in sharing that making sure that we as realtors are staying educated on the latest and greatest, and that the consumer is choosing a realtor that has a track record of success because the success is a track record of saying, I served these customers through this experience successfully over and over again. And it's so important because this is oftentimes people's biggest financial decision that right. they make. Right. Um, the bar of entry to get into real estate is very low. And so there they're currently um are around 1.56 million members of the National Association of Realtors, more than there has ever been. In the history of real estate, um, you know, in depending on what area someone is is in, in St. Louis, in Missouri, four weeks and fourteen hundred bucks, and anyone can have a real estate license. Like, oh my gosh! Yet they right. may, they may be um, coaching or guiding someone through their biggest financial decision. There, there, there is a large onus of responsibility and a large opportunity hand-in-hand. And so ensuring that we are educated, that we are up-to-date, that we're surrounding ourselves with other professionals. Because I, as a realtor, am not doing everything A to Z with real estate. I'm not an appraiser. However, I need to know how to tell the story of the market to support the price that we have either paid for a home or or sold a home, you know, whether it's buy or sell part. Um, I'm not a surveyor, however, making sure that we're coaching properly on um, what to be aware of with fences and that sort of thing. So there's a high level of education needed in multiple arenas for a successful transaction in an industry where the bar of entry is very low as an industry as a whole.
0: Well, and also, I think another, I mean, because... Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, a, a realtor is going to make about the same, no matter who the realtor is going to make about the same amount of money
1: get on your purchase. Yeah. Yes. So if I'm representing you buying 123 Main Street, whether it's me or someone else, that's what the payout is on 123 Main Street. So the co- the commission payout will be the same, yet the experience for the consumer. Exactly.
0: Right. So you want to make sure the realtor really is working for you and marketing your property and making, you know, doing whatever it is that needs to be done, the open houses and all of that good stuff. How much is the realtor willing to put into getting your place sold? Seems to me a very big question to ask. Yes. Like what is
1: your process? And you just said it right there. It's it's be curious, ask questions, don't assume. Um, and I would I would I'm a big advocate of looking at track record because I believe the past is a great predictor of the future. Exactly.
0: And yeah, and you you're in a crowded space, you know, realtors, there's a lot of them. so so you have obviously um, set yourself above and beyond, you know, and it and is it is it because of that level of service?
1: It is. It's the customer service and it's the people, it's the experience that we're committed to giving to our customers. And it's the people that um, with whom we surround ourselves. And so, because here's the thing, and you know this too, Mish. It takes a lifetime to build a reputation. Mm-hmm. It can take minutes to destroy it. Yeah. And so ensuring that we're that we're adhering to those high standards, asking for feedback from the customer, um, making sure that we have team members and partners in the industry that are a true reflection of our standards. And when I say partners, et cetera, you know, when people are maybe getting a house ready to go on the market or it's building inspection time, I'm not a carpenter. I have an amazing carpenter referral, right? I'm not going to put, I'm not going to change out flooring. I have amazing flooring referrals. Do you see what I'm saying? So exactly so many partners in a real estate transaction. So making sure that your realtor has those kind of connections to be able to have resources that will, um, that will support the consumer through that experience in a way that's professional, um, consistent, et cetera.
0: And you give back you give back a lot. Let's talk about that. I mean, there's a, there there are charitable initiatives that you have. I mean, talk about all the stuff you do for your community.
1: Sure. Okay, so probably the one that we are the most um focused on and kind of known for, if you will, is there's an organization called Best Buddies. And Best Buddies is an organization, it's international, it's an international organization that focuses on building the relationship of those with intellectual developmental um, disabilities with their typical functioning peers to bridge the gap of social isolation that happens as a natural part of having special, instead of special needs, I call it special abilities. And um, that that uh, mission of inclusion, which is done through fostering um, true, genuine, authentic one-to-one friendships with children that have special abilities, it can start depending on where your areas and where there's chapters in the schools. It can start as young as elementary school, middle school, high school. There are college chapters, and then when when um, individuals age out of the school system, then there are jobs programs and citizens programs. And it's so important because um, it's obviously very near and dear to my heart. I have identical twin boys that are now 19. They were diagnosed with autism when they were three years old. And that is, you know, my husband and I, we share our story quite a bit because we feel that there are so many um, parents out there that are blessed to have Um, individuals with special abilities in their world. And at the time when our children um, were diagnosed, I'll speak for us, we weren't looking at it as the special gift that we were given type of thing. It was a, wait a second, this is not what I signed up
0: for. Right. This is a lot of work. I was going to be a soccer mom
1: and a football mom. And um, my husband and I were really social and all of this. And then God said, hey, hey. That's not it those are not the cards that I'm dealing you and I also believe he does not give more than what we can handle. So after um, my first son was diagnosed um, just before three um, the second one was diagnosed just after three they are identical twins and so genetically they're the same um, you know build uh, if you will and so the the neurologist was not surprised to see us back when the second one started school. And we had a time of, you know, pity party and all that kind of stuff. And and you know, I'm not proud of those times. Um, it was me feeling lost and not knowing what to do. And I don't know how to handle. it. My daughter was two years and two days older than the twins, and just going, I don't know what to do. So I spent a lot of time apologizing for my my boys' quirky, weird behaviors, and you know, calling 911 because they would just run away and get lost. I mean, it was just, it was definitely. It's a lot. Times. And then when they were five, I'm not really sure what it was that triggered it, but I said, you know what? I am not apologizing for these boys anymore. They are the greatest gift that God could have ever given me. And my husband and I adopted the mindset of we are going to be as loud as we can possibly be. And we're going to be an advocate. And here's the reason why, Mish, is that um, anyone who knows my boys will say they are the coolest human beings that have ever walked the face of the earth. And there are so many of our special abilities friends that are amazing human beings and because and they've got a big, beautiful red bow wrapped around them, but because they don't look like everyone or sound like everyone, oftentimes that bow isn't opened and their gift to the world is not, is not shared. And so having the mission of inclusion where it's about, I'm going to go to where my friend is because I understand, like with autism, it's a social disorder. They don't have necessarily the ability to empathize like others do in a in a two-way relationship. Right. And so um understand so and, and what happens is as kids age, that that distance in social appropriateness and that sort of sort of thing becomes bigger and bigger. And think back to middle school, high school, kids can be mean when you are good looking and typical functioning and an athlete, they can still be mean. Exactly. So when you have special abilities, it, it can be a very isolating world. And as a parent, it was, is my is my is my son sitting by himself at the lunch table? Yes, he was. No one's asking my son to do anything on the weekend. That's true. So when I found best buddies and we saw the change that it made in our family's lives and our boys, it just our hearts just opened up and were so full and said, you know what? more people need to know about this. It was newer in Missouri when I was introduced to it. I mean, it was actually Josh that introduced- I was gonna say, yeah, right, right. And so we became very loud advocates um, for it and frankly leveraged the the high success of my real estate business. Because of that, I was asked to speak, teach on um, stages of all sizes, including thousands of people. And so I always found a way- and do find a way to inject um, the uh, opportunity of best buddies. And it's very easy to do because when you talk about the success of an organization and then kind of the why behind it, oh, do you want to know what our why is? Yes, we do. And so then I always infuse that. And I will tell you, about probably 25% of the room by the time I'm done speaking is in tears or coming to me afterwards because they're going, we had no idea. My son is autistic. My daughter has Down syndrome. My, what a, my niece, my someone, so many people out there have a special loved person in the world that they're like, I didn't know this existed. How can I get this help and opportunity for my special person?
0: It's a great, it's such a cool
1: idea. And that's why we've become so um so uh, committed to sharing um the mesh- me- message of inclusion with our communities,
0: well, and think about, I mean, yes, it's a definite gift to the to your boys, right? But it's also a gift to kids. You know, for lack of a better word, you know, like normal function kids, right? Because they too now have the opportunity to learn how to be more open and to get more comfortable with this, and that's got to help them throughout their life as well. You know
1: what I? You know what I will tell you when you watch the relationships between um, the buddy and his and his peer friend. Oftentimes, the typical functioning individual gets as much, if not more, out of the relationship. Absolutely. because a special ability person doesn't always necessarily grasp the gravity of what's going on. They're just like, oh, I get to go to the Dave and Buster's or whatever it is. Now they're like, wow, Um, this typical function is like, this is so cool. It's so great to be uninhibited. It's so great to not have a filter. I wish I could not have a filter. I could never get away with that. (laughs) Johnson has no filter whatsoever. And the world's just kind of used to it. They're like, well, that's Gus. <laughs> I like, love it. Yeah, to live without a filter. Who gets to do that? I don't.
0: <laughs> no, it would be bad for you in real estate. I have a feeling. <laughs> that
1: would definitely be
0: bad. <laughs> Difficult to sell. Difficult. Well, that is amazing. And thank you for sharing that because I think that's really important. And I think it's it's a great organization for people to know about. Yes. So I have some interesting questions for you. Can I ask you some? I'm an open book. I did a little bit of um, stalking you on social media. I'm very good at that. And this caught my, I had no idea this existed. Okay. What is the Isla del Soul? Oh,
1: <laughs> yes. That is our development um, at the Lake of the Ozarks, which is um, about two and a half hours from St. Louis. And um, the Lake of the Ozarks is, for some, it's their primary location, but there's a lot of second home um, uh, residents that are there. And the island, the, the Isla del Sol, we're the reserve at Isla del Sol, um, a, a developer, um, who's also a good friend of ours, uh, purchased the island and is building out um, just absolutely gorgeous, top quality condominiums. And it is, it, it's the only habitable island at the Lake of the Ozarks and the views down the main channel down the main channel are unparalleled. It's
0: so cool looking. Like the way it looked was like the outside, like everybody can look out, but then then the
1: inside is where you park your cars Right. Got some very special, unique um, characteristics about it. And the, the quality um, is just bar none. And it's not always easy to find that because as things have gotten... So when pandemic happened, a lot of second home communities just went bonkers haywire because it used to be, oh, well, you go there during season, Memorial Day to Labor Day. And now people realize, I love the lake. I can stay down here year round. And so things just absolutely boomed down there and still are. So it's it's a really fun development. Um, the builder has, is all about quality. Um, the location on the lake, the views are incredible. So thank you for bringing that up. We're very well. It's very- just
0: very interesting to me, and I can't imagine what like the engineering that had to go behind that, with it being you know an island, and what you have to do to get plumbing and all that good stuff. I mean, that's that seems like quite the
1: feat. It's been it's been, it's been an interesting um, development of that project over the years because there was an original part of it um, where they built three buildings and ninety units, and then um, that stagnated for all, all kinds of reasons. So then, um, uh, my developer came in and has really brought it back to life, and the quality is just incredible.
0: Very cool. Thank you for asking. Um, another thing I thought I love this, you it, it sounds that it sounds to me that um building the wealth mindset is big with you. What is a give people a top cause this is I know this is a big thing with some people just don't they can't attract money. They have a difficult time <laughs> attracting money. Some people just like they just kind of keep pushing it away from themselves. You know, how how what is like a top thought in your mind when it comes to building that wealth mindset?
1: Well, first becomes your your financial thermostat. so what so first becomes your financial thermostat, which is the what is my comfort level or what is my mindset around wealth and one of the things I've, I've done a lot of recruiting, um, I did it in kind of my previous world. And in the real estate world, I've been recruiting for Keller Williams for about 11, 12 years. And so I, I get to visit with a lot of people. And one of the things that I find um, is that there are some people who just say, oh, it's not about the money. Oh, it's not about, and especially women. Oh, I'm not driven by, like they they haven't necessarily been given permission to um, to have the, the desire to increase the fi- their own financial thermostat and want to make more. And here's the reason why I say that is that money is only good for the good that it does. And so when when we position ourselves in a way where we have the opportunity to earn more income, what that does is that opens up options and choices. When mm-hmm. we're having to, to when we're paycheck by paycheck, um, which many are, and um, and there's no judgment around that. And we, our choices become more limited because it becomes about survival. When we surround ourselves with people who think a certain way, the, the way like you become the, the um, combination of the five people that you hang around. So are you the big fish in a little pond or are you the little fish in the big ponds that you have room to grow? What is the financial thermostat of those around you? And as you grow into those kind of conversations and wealth is is built and um, it, it allows you the options of what you want to do with it. And what we find is caring, giving people just tend to be more caring and giving. Right. You know, if, if I didn't have some of the options that I have, I never would be able to do and be a voice and a mouth and an advocate for um, best buddies and for inclusion. And so how many people would have never known about, um, about best buddies had I not had the mouth to do that, which I wouldn't have had to do. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, I'm I'm a huge advocate of, of really having vision on where you want your wealth to be and then aligning your 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 world with those where that can come to life. And here's the thing, no one's gonna give it to you. It's gotta be earned. Right. You got to work. Are you will that's it? Are you willing to do the work to get where you need to get to be able to receive that sort of earn that sort of income? And so it's it's all decisions. It really is. It's all about what do you decide you want to do and are you willing to take action on it? A lot of people do a lot of this, like the audio doesn't match the visual, right? So they're willing to talk, 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 but they're not willing to walk, right? I was
0: reading a study uh, the other day. In fact, I sent it to to Josh because it really caught my my eye. But it was talking about energy, like how everybody wants more energy. People are always trying to get more energy, you know. And it said the top, like energetic people across the board, are entrepreneurs. <laughs> Athletes. I mean, and I was like, it is so true. We people, if you're an entrepreneur, I feel like people always ask you, like, wow, well, you're so, you have so much energy. How do you, where do you get all this energy? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I just am driven to do what I love. And what I love is being an entrepreneur and being in business and exploring different ways to do business. And I think it's funny that that's a thing
1: amongst entrepreneurs. We're very energetic people. Energetic, and here's the thing: we realize that growth comes in discomfort. That um, we're going to bump our knees and 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 skin our you know skin our elbows, and we can either become victim to those situations, or we can embrace those as learning experience. Yes. or bootstraps up, keep on going, because you really only fail when you stop going. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, this is a question I ask
0: everyone. Um, So when it comes to kindness, top of mind here, have you received or given or witnessed any sort of kindness lately? Let's talk to that.
1: Oh, my goodness. Any sort of kindness.
0: Gosh, I feel like it's all around me. Well, yeah, that's what's really difficult for you to answer.
1: because (laughs) I feel like it's all around me because... That's what I focus on. There's, I'm sure there's as much, if not more so, negativity around me, and I choose to filter that out. And I only allow in the things that energize me, that fill my bucket. You know, we know that we as a, as a, as a being, we only we have a finite amount of energy. We cannot create it nor destroy it. It's about how it's allocated. And so if we let the negativity in, then those energy vampires come and they just suck the life out of you. Versus if we can filter that out, bunker ourselves against it and focus on the kindness that's around us, that's where things can get pretty special. And it's about how we look at things. Um, one of my uh, my uh, mentors that I just absolutely adore his name is name's Dr. Tom Hill. When I met him probably six years ago, he introduced me to a book called When God Winks at You, and it's a it's a story. It's a book about coincidences, and it says, you know, seventy five percent of the time stuff happens in a day, and people go, oh, that was a coincidence. What if we actually stopped, paused, and went, huh? I wonder why that happened. I wonder why that person came into my life and the the it's amazing what doors can open and what lives can be changed and the interesting way to also look at that Mish, is that those godwinks aren't always positive at first glance that's true like, i thought me my my son's being diagnosed with autism was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. It's the biggest God wink that could have ever happened to me. It just took me a second to look at it that way. And so when we look for, when we filter out the negativity, we look for the kindness. It's amazing how it multiplies. So I'm, ble- and, and, you know, birds of, birds of a feather, right? So um, when when that is the outlook that we take on life, it's amazing how more of that is attracted into our worlds.
0: I love it. I have a really good buddy, Sharon Weibel. She loves the Godwinks. She's all about Godwinks. She talks about it all the time. That's fabulous. So tell everybody where they can find out more about you.
1: Okay. So, well, I mean, if people have questions, my email is just dkraus at kw.com. So my D, Dawn, um, D K-R-A-U-S-E at kw.com. And if people have questions, they're welcome to to email me and I'm happy to, to get back with them. Um, I'm very transparent and open book, so I'm happy to to chat about everything, you know, from business, real estate, um, special abilities in your life, um just whatever people are interested in I'm happy to discuss.
0: Love it, and you guys have a website.
1: We do. Yes, absolutely. So the the com. But I'm a big advocate of just coming straight to my email to make sure that I get it and can get their questions answered directly. Ah,
0: I love it. Well, Don, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so fun getting to know
1: you. Oh, my pleasure, Mish. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun and um, it's been incredible to kind of just share the answers to your questions and hopefully that people are able to glean a couple things that maybe resonate to them from that.
0: I love it. Thank you, ma'am.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And everyone out there, you've been listening to Mish Mash Podcast. Thanks for being on with us today. Have a good one. Bye.